unless you have to move and there's something outside of the experience of having the losing this person that pushes you, you don't have to have a timeline. Welcome to Financially Ever After Widowhood, the podcast where we empower women to take control of their financial future after the loss of a spouse. I'm your host, Stacey Francis, President and CEO of Francis Financial, an award-winning and nationally recognized financial advisory firm. With the help of incredible guests, I'm ready to guide you through this challenging transition. It's very rare, in fact, I don't think I've ever introduced one of our podcast guests as someone who saved my life, but you're going to find out that Janine Sarna-Jones did just that, swooping in, helping me in my time of trauma, as she does for many of her clients. We're going to be talking today how Janine and her team work with women like you, helping with the loss of a spouse and dealing with all the stuff. There's so much that we have to go through, and Janine brings so much love and kindness to her work, as well as expertise as a certified professional organizer. In fact, she was part of the inaugural class that went through that certification program. She also works with NAPO, which is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. She's also a member of Parents Magazine Moms Squad, and she has a specialty of working with individuals who are dealing with loss, seniors, and she's part of the National Association of Senior and Specialty Move Managers. There's so much that we're going to be going through today, but I want to make sure that you stay to the end because not only does Janine talk about what that time frame should or shouldn't be of going through your loved one's items, but she gives you the tools in how to go through in a way that honors them, honors yourself. She gives fantastic resources of how you can have their items be able to be essentially moved forward to help others, essentially changing other people's lives as well. There's so much that we have to go through, and I just want to say a great big thank you to our special guest who's joining us here today, Janine Sarna-Jones. Janine, I'm so excited to talk to you today about how to sort through all of your household items, not just spring cleaning, but for those of us who have had a partner pass away, it can be so difficult to go through their items. And Janine, you have a superpower of just number one, being a organizational goddess, but <laughs> you you just bring this empathy and warmth and kindness to your work. And for all of you listening, I know Janine, because we're dear friends, but she helped me in my time of trauma where we had a flood and about I don't know, 80, 75, 80% of our items were destroyed in the flood. And it's nowhere near losing a loved one. Of course not. But I was definitely not at my best. And 
watching my children lose things that were very important to them. And Janine, I mean, you just have this amazing gift to help people move through those things with empathy and warmness. So I'm just really happy that you're here today to talk to our listeners. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. I feel like it's a gift to be able to help people when they're in the middle of it. I think any transition is really tough for people to take. And even when it's something good, it's still stressful. But definitely, I would say the vast majority of our clients are dealing with something awful (laughs) in some respects. I mean, it's definitely not easy to go through a transition. And when it's forced upon you, it's even worse. Yeah. So, But it was a gift to be able to help you and your family. Thank you. Janine, for someone whose partner has passed away, one of the questions I hear frequently asked is like, what's the time frame? When should I go through his or her items? Almost like they feel like there's a timeline. And if they don't do that within a certain period, they're falling behind or they're not doing something right. Is there a timeline? There absolutely isn't a timeline. You know, I think about the people that I've known, there's two things that come up. I mean, one thing is having to deal with the grief and that person's stuff and their possessions basically are reminders of that person. So if you try to push yourself to do something that you don't feel really comfortable with, it's just going to be an emotional roller coaster rather than something that is a task that gets done. It makes much more sense to take the time to mourn. And then when you feel like you can actually tackle it, have somebody help you. Yeah. Can hold your hand. And if you do burst into tears, we'll give you a hug and let you be where you are. Yeah. In some cases, though, there's an outside pressure to get it done, that something was already scheduled. I'll tell you a story. This is probably the easiest way to give you an example. My aunt died. She was getting prepared to move. She had, it was on the schedule and she died unexpectedly for all of us and my family. And she was the kind of aunt that, you know, I spent as a child all the weekends with her and she would take me to see the shows. And, you know, I had a big, wide New York experience just living, you know, near her when we moved to New York and I could see her whenever I wanted to pretty much. Then when my daughter was born, my daughter was having all of these experiences with her, which was amazing to watch. And then unexpectedly in the middle of my daughter's childhood, she was gone. My uncle decided that since the move was already scheduled and there was a pressure to get the things out of her house, that they were just going to put her things in storage and we would deal with it later. The people that were going to deal with it were myself and my mother. You know, coincidentally, the mover that she was going to have move her is the mover that I work with most of the time. What he did for me, which was a huge gift, was my mother and I went up every Friday for six weeks and he assigned one of the movers to work with us. And we opened every single box and made decisions about every single item and photos of things for family members to see if there was anything that they wanted. And 
it was the process of going through her items. My mom said, wait, the boxes are labeled because I'd asked that the guys write as much as information as they could on the boxes. And my mom said, can't we just make decisions based upon what the box says? And I said, no, uh-huh. you have to go through every single item and make a decision about every single thing. And it was the process. I mean, we were in grief. I mean, I especially, because I felt like not just for myself, but for my daughter, we had this huge loss. But going through, it was like the items was like kind of bringing up memories, Uh thoughts, feelings. But because I do this for a living, I felt like I could take a step back and support my mom through the process. Uh And then afterward, I would be in tears. But it was the process is always the same. And the stuff that it brings up, it's similar for everyone. So for us, we had to do it over a period of time. And the stuff was in boxes. I don't think that that normally happens for most people. What they do is they will cut off the space or close a closet door or cut off a room if that person had a special room. And then when they feel like they're ready to enter it, they will go. And unless you have to move and there's something outside of the experience of having the losing this person that pushes you, you don't have to have a timeline. Yeah. How can you find that balance of having the items, certain things that remind you of him in a healthy way, but then not also having a a mausoleum of him, of a, you know, of a he or she is everywhere in your home? How do you find that balance? And maybe that changes over time of like right after a loss or? Yeah, I think it does change over time. We recently finished up with a client whose husband died a few years ago, and she felt like he was an artist, and a lot of his work was in the apartment. The apartment was originally his apartment, and she moved into it. So it was never hers 100% anyway, even while he was alive. But she decided that she wanted to, she hired us to help her create the space that was a space that she would enjoy that was good for her well-being. And part of the process was identifying items that really were important to her Uh and making sure that those things, she could see them and they were kind of like curated Uh instead of it being kind of like a storehouse of his existence. Yeah. And a lot of stuff was cleared out of this apartment. There's still one room that was his workroom that is like the second phase. And she's getting closer and closer to feeling like she's prepared to make some hard decisions about his work. And hopefully either she'll be able to sell those things or give them to friends and just keep the things that really speak to her because this was the love of her life. Yeah. And but she doesn't need to keep every single thing. And she's really clear on that. I think what's wonderful about this situation is that she's taking it at her own pace. And that's part of it too, as that you shared so beautifully of that there's no real timeline and that you may not be able to do everything at once. And that's fine. And, you know, I also love the idea that if you do have a timeline, like a house sale or something that 
you can move things to storage so that you can then take your time when you're ready to go through those items. Okay, but here's what I'm going to say about that. Because I could see that being a problem that you just leave it in storage for years and years and never really go through, right? Yes. And then you leave it for someone else to deal with, which is not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. And And I I love how you said not fair because it really is not fair mm -hmm. on that person. Yes. And I think it's a waste of money, honestly, Yeah. Yeah. to put stuff that you haven't made choices and decisions. I think that the only reason why you have storage is because there's things that are really, really important to you that you can't get again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get that thing again. Say, for example, in your situation, there was a lot of stuff that was put in storage because you weren't in the place where you could make decisions about it after, uh-huh. right after the flood. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why we put things in storage, because you weren't there. You could not be fully present. Yeah. For all of you listening, I was really not there. I mean, I was there physically. And, and I, I feel like I deal with trauma pretty well, but because it was trauma coming to me and, you know, like it was my own personal trauma, I couldn't make any decisions. I was pathetic. And I shouldn't say the word pathetic because- You weren't pathetic. You were right? in, in shock. <laughs> I was in shock. And so I think that's so important for everyone to know. I mean, that's only with a flood and I'm going through that, let alone like the love of your life has passed away. And just giving yourself patience and grace. And, you know, you were so nice, Janine, of I kind of couldn't figure out, like, Stace, like, get your crap together. Like, come on. (laughs) And I was talking to myself that way. And you kind of, you talked me off a cliff and was like, hey, no, 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 it's okay that you feel this way. And giving yourself grace, giving yourself that this is what I can do now. And that's okay. That's okay. What if someone is not sure if they should be moving to a new space? What are the things to think about? Because again, a lot of the women I've spoken to, being in that home can be very painful for them. It's wonderful to have the memories, but sometimes the memories are so painful. What are your thoughts about moving to a new space? Well, in some cases, it may make sense to move, but I just like this client that we're working with, I believe on some level, you can reimagine a place, Uh recreate your own space. If you don't have the wherewithal to be able to make that move, Uh there are ways that you can kind of transform it Uh into something Uh that makes it possible for you to make room for joy. I don't know if you've been seeing these episodes of Swedish Death Cleaning. It's a TV show that Amy Poehler produced that's on Peacock. And I've been watching it and I'm amazed. Like the most recent episode I saw was a woman who had lost her partner and her home was just a mess. But she called it organized piles, things on top of each other. And she's an artist and didn't have a space for herself. And it was so moving to see her at the end walk into a space that was, they helped her create the space that was really indicative of who she is as a person, but also left room for memories of her partner. That I think is something that you can get help with. But if you must move because, and there could be other reasons why you must move because you can't carry the financial burden of having Uh a home 
or you need to be closer to family, you know, whatever it could be. It should not be a decision that you make in the throes of grief, though. Yeah, because you can then regret some of those decisions. Yeah. And I want to go back to that TV show. For all of you, I'm going to make sure that there is a link in the show notes. I am looking at the show right now. Again, it's by Peacock. It's called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. And it's actually not just for people who have passed away, but essentially guides you through dealing with your stuff so that the people that we leave behind aren't faced with the overwhelm of sorting through all of it. And it's in its first season in 2021. There's eight episodes out there. It looks fabulous, Janine. Yeah. Um, I I feel like that's a great resource for everybody, too, that is starting this process. Yeah. And it's based on a book by a, a Swedish woman. Who's, mm-hmm. she's in her 80s, I think. And she did this and wrote this book and and they took this, made the show. Love it. And it's great. It's just really, really great. Well, all of you, that's version two. So after this podcast, you can go watch that and also visit <laughs> Janine's website. And Janine has fantastic videos too, just so that you know, um, we'll have a link to Janine's website. And there's a lot of great content that you've put up there as well. So one of the hardest things is when you're getting rid of things, there's obviously that loss and that grieving. Do you have any suggestions of how we can use some of these items that might have a future life to help other people? Any resources that you could share versus just everything going into the junk, which hurts my heart? Well, we try our best to make sure that things go to people that actually want them. (laughs) And one of the ways we do that is by working with junk luggers of New York, of NYC. They actually have a store called Remix Store. So when we're getting things ready for them to pick up, we actually try to keep it packed up in a way that things won't break and that it's clear that these are actually things that can be used again. And they have a lot of connections to donation centers throughout the New York area. So it used to be that books would end up going to the landfill because the libraries didn't want them anymore. And especially during the pandemic, a lot of the resources that we used, they disappeared because nobody wanted to touch anything that was owned by somebody else. But now junk luggers, they have a relationship with Housing Works Bookstore, and they can take those boxes of books to them. They also have this remix store. They allow nonprofits to come in and choose things that they want for free. And then the things that they do sell, a percentage of that goes to Habitat for Humanity. That's the main way that we do a lot of donations. But like old linens, things like that. We take them to the ASPCA and to animal shelters because they need... Oh my gosh, that's something, I'll be honest, Janine, I never would have thought. And before we move on from junk letters, I know that we have a national listener base. Junk luggers, go to www.junkluggers.com and I'll put a link. They're in nearly every state. They're actually a franchise. We know the New York one, but it is a franchise. And so even if you're in California, Arizona... Florida, there are junk luggers in your area. I love 
I'm such an animal softy. Um, <laughs> I grew up with horses and dogs and cats and rabbits and birds and all of that. And all of our animals have come from shelters. And so using bedding and tablecloths, things like that, and going to your local animal shelter, mm -hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah, they can use it. And it's just best to check with them first <laughs> to yeah. make sure. Yeah. And then there's the standbys. Here in New York, it's a little bit different than it is in the rest of the country. But we drop off things at Goodwill sometimes. Or we can schedule us. Well, you need many months in advance to have Salvation Army come and pick, pick up. things up. And Housing Works, which is basically here in New York, they used to be my go-to place because the people that we tend to work with have high-end furniture and clothing. And they became so picky. They're pretty picky <laughs> these days because I guess so many people during the, the phase of Marie Kondo's Does It Spark Joy during the pandemic, especially people were getting rid of so much stuff. They spent a lot of time downsizing themselves. And a lot of the places that we would normally use were overwhelmed with the amount of stuff. Yeah. I know that Salvation Army, you may have to actually take it to them. But again, they're in every state as well. California, you know, pretty much anywhere. And it's yeah, just, I, I would say with those calling ahead to the store just to understand what items they accept, because sometimes they won't accept furniture, but they'll accept clothing. So just getting that clear picture from them so that you know, and just throwing in from a tax perspective, make sure you write down all those items that you are donating. You can then go to the irs.gov website and they have tables that will give you a range of what you can deduct on your taxes for that item. And I know that's what we did. And we were able to save just a huge amount in taxes because while some of the items were still usable that we could donate, it was not going to work for us to keep them. And so we used it as an opportunity to go through a lot of our items. What about if you can sell some of those things? What are the best ways? Is it eBay? Is it Craigslist? There's a couple of different ways it can happen. And I just want to mention that when you're donating, not everything is donatable. Like if yeah. you have clothing that has spots on it, it's not donatable. So you may have to look into fabric recycling rather than donating. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, there's so many different ways of selling items. Sometimes it's as easy as Facebook Marketplace. I don't think that Craigslist is as popular as it used to be, but eBay takes a lot of time and energy. eBay, Cherish, you have to hold on to those things until somebody actually buys them and then you have to figure out how to ship them. Those are the hard ways, I think. Here in New York, we have Kayo, K-A-I-Y-O, which you send them photos of what it is. If they accept it, they come and pick it up and take it away. They clean it up, take photos of it and post it online. It's magic. And they don't take everything, uh -huh. but they do take a lot of things, especially if they're named items. In some cases, it depends on what it is that you want to donate. So in some cases, it's if it's clothing, like if it's swim in suits, 
You can try Dress for Success, which is a little bit hard. You have to jump through a few hoops to donate to them. But there are also other organizations like Coalition for the Homeless has a program called First Step and that they also have a closet and they allow the women in that who go through that program to come to the closet and pick professional clothing. And that's so powerful. I think something that a lot of people don't realize is that over half of the people who are in homeless shelters are families with children. Yes. With moms who -hmm. are trying to get out there and launch their career. So very important. And I do know that there's also a couple of organizations that will accept suits and accessories for men. That hasn't been as easy since the pandemic, but I was able to give lots of suits and shoes and ties to that organization, belts too. If people are listening in another part of the country, there may be an organization near you that actually tries to provide people who are trying to get into the workforce these kinds of resources and clothing. One of the things I found when my mother passed away, there were clothes of hers that I didn't want to get rid of. And, you know, this may be something you want to do with your clothes of your spouse, or maybe not, but I was able to have them tailored to my size. Mm. And there's a shirt. This is actually, I wore it for the podcast today. This is my mom's shirt. Mm. And she always wore it. And it meant so much to me to have it tailored to me. And every time I wear it, I think of her. And the other thing that we looked at doing, there are companies out there, Memory Stitch is one of them, where she had so much clothing. And so we actually took pieces of those clothes and turned them into quilts to have. And they were from all of her favorite shirts and t-shirts and sweatshirts. And it was really special for that Christmas to have a quilt made out of mom's favorite clothes. Is that another thing that you've seen before? Absolutely. People have done that where they will take the t-shirts. I have a friend who lost her son. He was just about ready to go off to college and was killed in a car accident. And she had t-shirts, his t-shirts made into a quilt. And she was in grief for a very, very long time. It was really just debilitating. But I think that if you can take something and refashion it, Mm -hmm. you can also take photos of things. That's another way, just have like a memory book of that person. But I think it's it was wise of you to take your mom's thing and have it retailer. That's great. Sometimes the sizing doesn't work, but yeah, I have had clients who've also kept favorite sweaters or sweatshirts of their loved one. Yeah, I call that. I don't believe putting that kind of clothing into the mix of your clothes if it's not something that is specifically your style or uh-huh. something you wouldn't necessarily wear out and about. But I do believe that there's memorabilia clothing that it can go into a box. And yeah. so that when you look at the box, you know exactly what's in it. I think I told you once the story about a client of mine who lost her husband at, in 9-11. And he had a closet of his own. And she would go in there just to be able to smell him because his smell was still in this closet. And 
I was helping her kind of sort through some other things. And she said to me, like, I cannot deal with this closet. I don't want to get rid of those things. I don't want you to make me get rid. I was like, I'm not here to make you get rid of these. And I know that eventually she must have moved and she must have gone through them because she did move away. But I think that that closet represented who he was. And if she had wanted to keep like one of his suits or something, you know, and zip it up and feel like his presence was still there, if she could see the clothes or touch the clothes. Yeah. It's okay. You know, it's, yeah. There are no rules about how you deal with the personal effects of somebody that you loved. And you had a great idea, which was to make it something that you could wear yourself. Janine, this has been so helpful. And just the kindness that you show is so appreciated by people who are grieving. And my hope today for everyone listening is that you show that same kindness to yourself because we we tend not to do that. Jean, how do people get a hold of you? And can you and your team work with people around different parts of the United States? Yeah, in some cases. In some cases, great. Yeah, there's definitely, well, first, if you go to the website, which is organizeme-inc.com, there's a contact page there. If you have a question, you're more than welcome to ask it there. It will get answered. Or if you need help with an estate, we can help you virtually. And I can also connect you with a colleague who has the same kind of ethos that I do, because I literally know organizers and move managers all over the world, practically. There are ways that we can help you. And sometimes people just need the impetus. But I definitely think that if you do decide to do it, don't do it alone. Yeah, I agree. Well, all of you listening, just letting you know, we'll make sure that we have the link to Janine's website so that you have that right there in the show notes. We're also going to put together the list of all the resources that we spoke about today, as well as links so that you can go there. And also the link to the really awesome TV show that I'm going to be watching as well, because I love organizing TV shows. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I really do. And I'm through the Marie Kondo one. So I have to go on to the next one. Bring tissues. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And it's so funny. Like my daughter will see me and I will have been crying. She's like, mom, have you been watching romantic movies again? I'm like, yes. (laughs) So I'm sure that I will be, I will need my tissues. Janine, thank you so much for joining us today. There's one thing I have yes. I want to give to your... Oh, please do. We basically put together, myself and my operations manager, Kelly, we've put together kind of a list of questions to ask yourself, as well as like a few resources. Wonderful. Uh, and so there are questions that you may ask, and then some options and answers to how we would deal with some of those things. So some of the tools that we use, I wanted to share with people who are doing this themselves. Oh my gosh, Janine. Yeah. So there will be a QR code and they can just click on it and we'll get them a free download. Yeah. That's fantastic. So everyone, we will have that QR code too. So when you're not driving, so don't do that while you're driving right now, go ahead and go to our show notes again. We'll have that information for you. 
Janine, that was awesome. Thank you. I didn't even expect that. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. It was great to have you here. Thank you. What a podcast about a difficult subject. Of course, I feel like often we hold ourselves to a standard that is just not attainable. We tell ourselves that we should be able to go through items, be able to do this in a quick fashion. And quite frankly, as Janine mentioned, it's just that's not the way things work. I hope that for all of you listening today, that you give yourself the kindness and grace that you deserve. Give yourself time to know when it is right to go through their items. And most importantly, that you don't do it on your own, whether it's reaching out to Janine and her team or having a loved family member or dear friend next to you. Just don't do this on your own. I tried to do that with the flood. And as I mentioned, a flood is nothing compared to losing someone you love so much. And I'll be honest, I couldn't do it. Number one, I couldn't do it on my own. And I, I couldn't do it in that time frame and needed to come back to it. I just want to say thank you for investing in yourself. And if you have any questions about moving or about going through and organizing things, please do reach out to Deneen. If you have any questions about finances, which most people do, please reach out to me. And you can go to our website, www.francisfinancial.com. We have a beautiful book there for you called A Financial Resource Guide for Widows. And it will take you through all the things that you need to know about to make sure that your finances are on financial track. Thank you again for joining in. And we'll be seeing you in two short weeks. Thank you for tuning in to Financially Ever After Widowhood. If there's a question you'd love for us to answer on the podcast, we can do that for you. All you have to do is give us a call. And the number is 347-682-5580. Let me say that again. 347-682-5580. Whether you're working with an advisor or you're maybe doing it on your own, we invite you to reach out to us at www.francisfinancial.com or you can email me at stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com. Our hope is to be a resource for you to help you also find a great financial advisor, whether that be with our firm or one of our trusted colleagues. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and join us next time on Financially Ever After Widowhood.